This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. Welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm Matt Pomeroy. I'm Stephanie Sandino. And I am Colin Brooks. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Shape America podcast. Um, today we will be talking about 50 Million Strong, uh, which is the Shape America initiative to help 50 million students and youth across the country to become uh, physically active and healthy. And with us to have this conversation, um, we have the president and the president-elect of Shape America. Who is better suited for this conversation to have? So uh, we're happy to have both of you. So what I'd like to do is just uh, give you both an opportunity to introduce yourselves and uh, where you are. Uh, So, Judy, can we start with you? Hi, everybody. I'm Judy Lobianco, and I am live from New Jersey. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. I'm the president-elect of Your Shape America, and I'm a supervisor of health, physical education, and nursing in the South Orange Maplewood School District. I'm glad I didn't, you didn't sing, Judy, so I don't have to follow that up with a song. Hi, everybody. I am Fran Cleland, and I'm the president of Shape America, and I am speaking live from Westchester, Pennsylvania. This is so cool. And I currently am in my 23rd year um, at Westchester University teaching in the Department of Kinesiology, but I'm the coordinator of the Health and Physical Education Teacher Certification Program. Awesome. Well, thank you both for, for taking the time. Uh, to be with us uh, for these next couple podcasts that we're going to be doing about 50 million strong. So let's just get this thing started. I want uh, to ask you both a question. Could you tell us in your own words uh, what 50 million strong is? Sure. I'll get started on that. It's, It's interesting because there's been such a sort of evolution of what 50 million strong is from the time that uh, past president Steve Jeffries sort of coined the phrase and the board um, appropriated funds, et cetera, et cetera, that was really about teachers getting kids physically active and healthy. And, you know, we had a count me in button on our website, but people were still a little bit confused because it wasn't really operationalized. And so what we've done in the last year or so is really try to, Um, provide more specific definitions and examples of what 50 Million Strong is as a teacher and as a school. So to me, 50 Million Strong um, is really about teachers motivating their colleagues, motivating their administrators, motivating parents and getting the whole community involved and leading kids on a path toward health literacy and physical literacy. So to me, it's really the literacy piece. Um, So it's a little bit more than just envisioning kids being physically active or getting kids to be physically active because you can be physically active and not really understand your content or be knowledgeable about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And that's where the literacy piece comes in. So to me, a 50 million strong student is one who is on the path 
toward health literacy and physical literacy. So I completely agree with Fran. And you know, when 50 Million Strong was unveiled by 2029, 50 Million Strong, every one of us was like, yeah, I'm in. What is it, right? And some of us were like, I don't care what it is. It sounds so awesome. Let's just do it, right? Um, What we're talking about (laughs) is being student-focused and student-centered and being sure that this becomes a call of action, uh, that it becomes a rallying cry for making sure that teachers put students first, that teachers are reflective about their practice, and that teachers advocate for what we do. I mean, advocate for what we do because it's a matter of life and death for kids. Uh, There is an official definition of this, and Shape America has structured tons of resources around helping teachers, but what this really is, is helping every child become health literate and physically literate for a lifetime, and it's a, a massive undertaking, and it's not just one or a few of us or a small group of champions, because that's not representative of 50 million children. We need everybody on board moving in the same direction on the same train. Yeah, I like also the the emphasis that that Judy just put on, um, it's a call to action, because I think all of us know that um, cause movements really motivate people and challenge people to get involved. And I think you know, teachers are really busy individuals. And so when we have something that they can really invest in and be passionate about and something that they think the whole world can understand, I think the whole world can understand what 50 million strong is. I think a parent or an administrator can. Um, and so I think in some ways it really elevates the profession by having a call to action, having something that we can all embrace and all move forward with. Now, awesome. Um, now that we are really all ready to gear up for this, and as Judy said, everybody's excited, everybody's pumped, and we all want to jump in full force. Can you guys draw us a picture on what a 50 million strong school really looks like? Go for it, Fred. I'll let you go first, Judy. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So a 50 million strong school, where, where I work, I'm working in the schools. When I walk into a 50 million strong school, I want to see activity in the hallways. I want to see activity in classrooms. I want to see uh, health education and health literacy around the school. I want to see cross-curricular activities. I want to see when I walk into the gymnasium, particularly as a supervisor, uh, practice that supports uh, and empowers students. I want to see distinguished teaching, and I want to see uh, teachers enthusiastic and passionate about their kids and about their content. Uh, I want to see teachers, health and physical educators, uh, really advocating for what they do around their culture and around their school. I want them to be able to get others, especially administrators, to understand the contribution that we make uh, to the whole child. That, for me, uh, starts the journey on a 50 million strong school. Great, Judy. Um, yes, for sure. Um, I think you know, one of the slides on the PowerPoint that I've been doing as I go to different states um, has pictures of a gymnasium door and it says getting beyond the gymnasium doors. Um, Connecticut's done that in a, an official way. They have the PASS program. It's a mandate, physically active school system, and they have a reward system. And it's really about 50 million strong. So with that being said, um, to me, it's when the school embraces or has a whole culture of physical activity. And for that to happen, it can't just be a standards-based instructional program, which is key to it, but it has to be also before, after, and during school physical activity, opportunities for children, um, integrating with the nutrition 
individuals within the school, um, really getting parents involved, getting teachers involved. And it's interesting. I know at the EPEW workshop in California this summer, Joey Fife talked about what he's going to be doing this year, taking it a step further, although he's in Canada and Perhaps, hopefully, he's embracing 50 million strong as well, but he's trying to get his faculty involved through more of a focused program. And I know a guy in um, near Pittsburgh, David Smith, is also doing a more structured approach to getting faculty involved in, in physical activities so that, that the entire school is focused on health and well-being and, and trying to become literate as individuals, as teachers, as children, as administrators. So it's very comprehensive. And I will have to say that a 50 million strong school, I think it's analogous to CSPAP, Comprehensive School Physical Activity Program. I I don't see them as different entities. There's a lot of different models out there. I think 50 million strong is just a better way to phrase it. It's a better way to understand it than CSPAP. Yeah, I know you kind of highlighted a few schools and a few thoughts too, but boy, those case studies um, on Shape America's website are really cool just to look through and read through and, um, you know, kind of see what's going on. So um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on case studies, but, um, you know, as I've been just kind of looking through that stuff, it's really nice to see, you know, all the things that are that other schools are doing, other educators, like you said, administrators, um, inside and outside of those school walls. So those have been really neat. And I know that people can submit their own too. So if you're listening and like, all right, my school looks pretty cool as well. Or, you know, we've been doing a lot of things, um, you know, make sure that your voice can be heard as well. Yeah. I think it's really important people, you know, they don't have to be doing like the best thing ever in the 21st century. I think everybody has some unique aspects to their program, um, innovative things that are happening in their school. So I think, um, folks should submit, um, and sort of toot their own horn to a certain degree, but the case studies are amazing. I know, I went to the main Aford conference a couple of years ago and I went into a high school session because my specialty area is elementary physical education. So I thought, yeah, I should go to a session. I don't really know a lot about. And they were introducing their fitness for life instructional program. They call it flip because they were having a great deal of um, students sitting out of class. So they, they just created this whole new approach to their physical education program. And it is now a case study and fitness for life. And so I just thought that was so cool. And uh, and those two individuals, Cheryl Lambert and Jeff Wright, they got really involved in um, in Shape America now. So I, I think it's a great way to see what's happening across the country. And it's also motivating for teachers to get ideas from, from other teachers. Yeah, I think the case studies are are really important. And there's so many of us out here that are are sharing things, you know, online or other ways. And that's just another way um, that would be really important and a great way to help out shape America. And if you're not sharing, just as uh, Fran was saying, you know, you don't have to be doing something that's just over the top, just the most, you know, innovative and dynamic thing ever. We're all doing great things. We all care about our students and people need to hear about it. So it's just a great opportunity for you to not only advocate for 50 million strong, but to advocate for your program, um, you know, locally there in, in your district and at your school. So moving on to uh, the next question. So we've talked about perhaps what a 50 million school or strong school looks like. Can we talk about what a 50 million strong physical educator would look like? Absolutely. Um, what, what I coined these levels and, um, I'm a real Seinfeld 
fan. And I know that you guys are probably don't even know who Jerry Seinfeld is, but that's okay. So when Kramer, when Kramer came into his apartment and said, I'm going to do levels, I'm going to go my apartment. I'm going to transform my apartment. So I got this idea of, um, proposing levels and, you know, what does a 50 million strong teacher look like? So we've developed, um, four levels and they're really Fran's ideas. And I think Judy and I have talked about it and Judy's used them as well. And so to me, a 50 million strong teacher at level one is definitely teaching a standards-based lesson uh, using grade level outcomes. And they have an objective that guides their instructional tasks. And that's it. Just those two things. If they have that in level two, of course, they have to embrace level one characteristics, but they also have to be using formative and summative assessments. Um, and in both levels, they're reflective. Every level involves reflecting on what they're doing. Um, in level three, they do all of that. They teach a standards-based lesson with, on, based on a grade level outcome with a measurable objective, formative and summative assessments. But they also um, involve 50 million strong, they do something beyond the gymnasium doors. In other words, they incorporate CSPAP across the school, comprehensive school physical activity programming. So they're working with their colleagues, their classroom teachers to um, infuse physical activity, to do interdisciplinary lessons, which is something that Judy um, discussed. And they're also sharing their ideas and advocating with their school board, with their PTOs, with other um, relevant audiences in the school district. So they're reaching out and trying to educate others about the importance of health literacy and physical literacy. And the fourth level is that they actually are very involved in their state, district, or national level. They're presenting at conventions. They might even be doing action-based research. Um, one of my alums is doing um, a before school program uh, for students who have higher than normal levels of BMI, because in Pennsylvania, you have to, you have to report BMI. Um, whether we agree or don't agree with that, they do have an amazing program and they've shown some really incredibly good results from, from their physical activity program um, prior to school. So they're doing some action-based research and collecting data. So I see that you know teachers can go back and forth on those levels because you may not be doing all of those all the time. You may be fluctuating between level one and level four. So to me, that sort of operationalizes what a 50 million strong teacher is. But I think overall, we're always working toward um, that health literacy and physical literacy piece. And I thank you for that, Fran. And I would add to that about what a 50, 50 million strong teacher is not. A 50 million strong teacher is not lazy or selfish. A 50 million strong teacher is above all things reflective in their practice. And reflective meaning wanting to get better each and every time they teach, seeing things in every or physical education where they can improve. A 50 million strong uh, teacher is, is not someone who's isolated. They're looking to have what I have been calling moral courage. Moral courage to be able to look to their left and right and say, how can I prove not only my practice, but the practice of those around me? Because this is 50 million children, not just one teacher's children. So thanks for that, Fran. Colin, yeah, you, and I, I'd like to oh, piggyback. Oh, can I piggyback just real quick on what Judy was saying? I think, I think looking beyond their own practice is so, so huge because it's so easy to isolate yourself as, as a physical educator, particularly at the elementary level. Um, 
because you don't typically have colleagues depending on the size of your school. So I think that notion of looking beyond and being motivated to say, what else can I learn? What's, what's something new that I can incorporate into my teaching practice? So I think um, that aspect that Judy pointed out is really important. Well, Colin, I was just going to kind of add in, like, I know that you've been talking a lot about that constant improvement as well. So just kind of wanted to lay that to you and just say, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I was I was impressed. And I mean, it's something that I've obviously been been shooting for for a long time as well. Uh, but you can say it better than I can. Oh, Matt, are you referring to, excuse me, the constant improvement, like just a, a, a practitioner or physical yeah. education teacher? Yeah, yeah. I think that... Um, that obviously this is so relatable to what teaching should be, right? Uh, in my opinion, uh, there there's really not really master teachers, right? I think that we're all avid learners, and I think that we're all on this journey to continue our growth um, towards maybe mastery. But um, I think that we're always continuing to do the next thing and continuing trying to improve and never get ourselves kind of stuck in a rut. Um, so to kind of build on that, though, Judy, I thought it might be interesting for you to talk about, like, as far as that framework for what a, you know, a 50 million strong um, physical educator looks like. I mean, as an administrator, does that framework appeal to you and how you can look and encourage your teachers that you work with to improve their practices? Yes, it does. And, and we talk about it often, right? Um, when I'm in post-observation meetings, which many of our physical educators know what I'm talking about, health educators know what I'm talking about, when we're in those post-observation meetings, that's the most important thing I do in my job. Speak with a colleague about what I just saw or heard in their classroom. And the more the teacher gives me about what they saw and heard in their classroom, and the more they tell me about the adjustments they want to make, the more that I know they are moving toward being student and child-centered and less about being uh, you know, the sage on the stage in front of them. Um, and it's very, very important. And, and one of the things I want to amplify here is that you say that as educators, we all want to be better. No, not all physical education and health educators want to be better. Some of them don't. And so my appeal is to supervisors like me and to our nation's principals so that we understand that we have to have the moral courage to be able to get into that classroom, visit regularly, and be able to have honest and real and raw conversations about what's happening. Because in the end, this is a child's experience. Right. Not a lot of just kind of pats on the back. But I mean, even if you're doing good things, you can still continue to do better things. And I think you're right. As administrators and principals walking in, what are they looking for? Um, you know, and, and are they looking for best practices, which is so important and, um, and those types of things. But, you know, thank you for sharing the levels. I was seriously like jotting down notes like crazy and, <laughs> and marking down as much as I possibly could. But I, I do like that thought process and you can kind of see it. Um, and then I guess just to add one more thing on that, I know Andy Milne on the last health education podcast, his classroom management was, he was talking about like every year adding a new level, adding that you know, one, one next step to his teaching too. Um, I think kind of going back to what Colin said, you know, wanting to get that master teacher, but just always knowing that you're improving. And I think that's, that's key. So, um, all right. So I'm going to shoot back with another question. Um, you know, when I first heard 50 million strong, my first initial reaction, even though I teach physical education and health was this is talking about physical education. 
Um, and you know, even me and like, I, I think a lot about health. I talk a lot about health and, um, even me, like I kind of forgot that piece. Um, but clearly it's a combination of both of those. Um, and we, we know that. Um, but I guess I just wanted to bring that back up too. And so let's talk about, you know, what does that 50 million strong health educator look like? Um, whether you only teach it an hour, <laughs> you know, a day, or whether you teach it throughout the whole day, it's extremely important when you have those students in that health education classroom. Um, what do they look like? So I'll start off and tell you that I am so proud of Shape America and the kinds of resources that are coming out around skill-based health. I, I couldn't be more thrilled as a supervisor. My health educators couldn't be more supported with so many very fantastic resources in this area. Um, over the past decade, health education has evolved into a place where we don't just regurgitate facts. We are teaching kills, kids the skills they need to get through life, right? Um, so a 15 million strong health educator is really first and foremost, embracing skill-based health education. And I urge health educators from across this country to visit us at shapeamerica.org with all the resources we have to offer you uh, because those classrooms are very rich with peer-to-peer -peer conversation. They're very rich with kids being able to uh, reflect on their feelings and their thoughts and rich in making sure that kids have a voice and uh, are sharing ideas in that classroom. And, and the teacher has really become this person who steps away and becomes the facilitator. Long gone are the moments when we've got teachers popping in a film for three days. Like, that doesn't exist in health education anymore. So I'm really, really excited about uh, the way we've really worked to help health literacy come along uh, with the help of many health experts across the nation. And uh, uh, glad that health educators are responding to this idea of 50 million strong by 2029. Yeah, I, I, I also agree with everything that Judy said. My husband happens to be a high school uh, health educator, and he teaches solely health education. And I'm learning a lot from him all the time. He works with uh, a pretty diverse population, a really interesting group of young uh, adolescents from Wilmington, Delaware. And he just went on a retreat for two days, and it was all about skills-based education. They had to make their own meals. They had to figure out all these kinds of things. It's a mentoring and peer tutoring uh, program that he's involved in. But um, I'm not going to plug anybody's specific book, but there's a couple textbooks out there now, um, one through Shape America, one through Pearson, I believe. But there's it's skills-based education, and I think it makes health education very, very practical. One of our health educators of the year, Melanie Lynch, is from Pennsylvania. And as I've been traveling from state to state, I've been asking folks to send me videos of what they think is a 50 million strong uh, teacher. What What is an example from their own teaching repertoire? And so Melanie sent me a really cool lesson that she did um, from her Penn State High School and teaching kids how to make healthy choices once they go to that college cafeteria. So that's definitely a skills-based program. Yes, the days of videos, et cetera, are gone. It's, it's, it's very engaging, very interactive, and I am very proud of Shape America for expanding their health resources. Um, we have our Health Education Council, which is doing some great things, and I think 50 Million Strong embraces both health and physical literacy. We can't do one without the other. And 
you know, I think I want to come back to the connectedness. Um, and again, there's a lot more health educators getting connected. Uh, maybe the physical educators started it a little bit more, but um, there's such a great group on social media right now that is getting connected through Facebook, through through Twitter and things like that. And um, uh, so I think that's that's another big step just to bring those people together. As we talked about physical educators being able to see other people teach or hearing and seeing these other lessons, same with health educators. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out to the the health Twitter chats that have been happening from Shape America as well, uh, because that's great for them to get their voices together and, and to be able to discuss those things um, on social media. So uh, I've seen that every month now, and that's just fabulous. Love seeing it. I haven't been able to take part in it, but if you are listening, um, it's definitely something to look for and maybe get involved in as well. Yeah, definitely a huge shout out um, to all the work that Ship America and others are putting into health, and it's really um, evolving in such a positive direction. So it's been really great to watch uh, over the last few years and what's been going, what's been happening. So um, last year in Boston, we had. Um, uh, kind of a pre-conference for 50 million strong to discuss, you know, what the membership thought of it, uh, where it should go, questions and answers and so forth. And a few of us thought about, you know, where does, if, if this were to happen, you know, where does really 50 million uh, strong start with? So my question for both uh, you, Fran and Judy is if you were to s- describe how this is going to grow and how we're going to make this happen. Where do you think it's going to uh, have to evolve the most and where's it going to start? I think it has to start with the teacher being aware of what it is, reading about it on the Shape America website, trying to really process it themselves and, you know, really patting themselves on the back for for what they're doing um, to achieve 50 million strong, which I equate to becoming health literate and physical literate. I'm going to go back to that all the time because that's how I personally am operationalizing it. I think Shape America's vision statement that was drafted and adopted in the summer of 2017, I think, conveys that message. And I believe it has to start with the individual. And then I see it sort of branching out, sort of a ripple, you know, in the in the lake, so to speak, and and ripple the ripple effect. Um, then you're engaging your classroom teachers. Then you're engaging your administrators. Then you're engaging your parents. Um, you then you're pushing yourself, like the moral courage Judy was speaking about, like going to a conference and going to sessions that maybe you're not really familiar with. Content areas that you need to study. Um, reading scholarly articles in Joford. Uh, there's a lot of practical articles in there too. Um, so I think it's really diversifying yourself as a teacher so that you can help children um, you know, achieve uh, their literacy points. And so for me, it, start, it starts with the individual. And, and the one question I have you know, for everyone on this podcast today is I think of the teachers in my town here, um, and I teach. I think of a lot of, of the folks that may not even visit the Shape America website and, and may not have heard about 15 Million Strong. So I think we all have the challenge, too, to continue to advocate for that cause, um, trying to help people understand what it is so they can work toward achieving it and even start on that path themselves. So we have hundreds of thousands of teachers that we need to somehow 
embrace and educate. And we, I know we've all called them the invisible army. So the challenge of reaching the invisible army, I think social media is our answer. That's one of our, our strong ways to do it. Thanks, Fran. You know, we started school this week here in New Jersey. And as a supervisor, I walked through classrooms and I was so thrilled to walk into a classroom of kindergartners, uh, which is super fun for a supervisor. And those kids were, were in their classroom, and the teacher ran to me and said, Judy, Judy, we've been using Go Noodle already. And then the kids were dying to show me. And I stood there in awe as this classroom teacher and children uh, went through a little cuckoo kangaroo popsicle. And uh, it, it was like, you know, I, I think this school has arrived at a place where uh, I don't even have to say anything anymore, right? So, so where we start is I agree with Fran, this, un, this invisible army. Um, and, and it's the non-believers. It's the, the people that we don't see. It's the people who will never hear this podcast. It's the people who don't know who Shape America is. Uh, it's a group of people who, who we need to engage. And that's what moral courage is about and why I keep embracing moral courage as the answer, the answer to, to a lot of things. And I challenge everyone within the sound of my voice to understand that if you are around or in a gym or in a health classroom with a colleague who is not doing the right thing, if you stay silent, you are accepting of the, the behavior that is happening in that classroom. And if it was my son or daughter that was in a classroom where you allowed those things to go on, I mean, I got to get tough on you. I am from New Jersey. It's what we do. I, I need you to say something, and I need you to go to your administrator. And I know that's a whole host of difficult things and that it causes relationship problems, and your colleagues may never speak to you again. And as we say in New Jersey, if you have a colleague that's not doing the right thing and they never speak to you again because you told on them, we call that good, good. I'm glad. Um, so, so... You know, it's not like you want to hang out with a colleague who's going to do harm to kids in their classroom anyway in terms of not teaching correctly in health and PE. So, so I think that it starts with champions being able to do the things they know they're doing, but then reaching out across the gym floor, reaching out across the health education classroom to be able to say, hey, did you ever think about X, Y, and Z uh, with your kids? Hey, do you want to co-teach today so I can show you this cool thing that I read in Jopard or this really neat uh, thing I got out of the teacher toolbox on the Shape America website or this thing I picked up at the Shape America conference or the regional conference? Uh, it starts with us being able to advocate and be reflective and be able to activate the army of those folks in our profession that can really move this entire call to action forward. For me, we're only as strong, we're only as 50 million strong as the weakest health and PE teacher in this country. And we are all there to help, support, and move along that person or persons, whoever they are. They are not lost. They just don't know. So let's help them. Yeah, I think too, just, just from like my state standpoint, I mean, I love how Judy gets down you know, to that, that one teacher. We're talking about like each, each health and physical educator too, but I'm just thinking as we're talking too, like... Um, well, I challenge, you know, someone to step up at their state conference too, and make sure you've got like a little 50 million strong sharing workshop. So, um, you know, at least that discussion is happening at that stage or maybe within your own, um, you know, district meetings and things like that too. So I'm sure people have a, a ton of other ideas, but, you know, keep, 
taken it to that next level where now we're presenting on it and we're showcasing it again. And then more and more people are hearing it, more and more people are taking it back to, you know, to their schools and their districts as well. Yep. I definitely like where we're going with this and what we're thinking about. Like we're talking about advocacy here, but we're not just talking about the advocacy that we're doing um, to our administrators and everything else. We're talking about taking it a step further and talking to our colleagues and helping them out and helping them understand what's right and what's wrong. Because, you know, uh, it's so important that the students that we teach receive quality and effective health or physical education. And that's, that's the next piece that I think is very difficult for people to stand up for, for what's right and to do the right thing. And there is a way to speak to your colleagues, and it takes practice, in a way that will not insult them but simply show them. And, that, you know, and part of that is that developing relationships piece. So I love it. So go ahead. Take it, Stephanie. Yeah, as I'm soaking this amazing conversation all in, and um, it kind of brings me back to what happened this week with myself, and I attended a PBIS training, and they got us all in a circle. It was kind of, you know, the presence of restorative justice, and we had a talking piece, and everybody, you know, passed it around. The main question was, what is your why? And um, in my practice, my why has become more and more solidified as I engage in um, conversations on Google Hangouts, on social media. It's become stronger and stronger, and it's grown, and it's, um, it hasn't stayed stagnant. It's kind of evolved. And I know, for me, I'm always trying to explain to people, whether it's my, co- my coworkers, my colleagues, um, the teachers that teach other subjects around me in other classrooms, why I do what I do. It's the idea of that red rubber ball. It's the idea of trying to get my kids to the point where at the end of their 12th year in high school, they can become their own personal nutritionists, their own personal trainers. When I'm not there anymore, they can do that themselves and they can participate and engage in activities that they love to do and they can pursue that for a lifetime. So it's really important for me to get that message across to everyone I interact with and if it has to be the classroom teacher right across from my locker room door so be it because then I can plant that seed and hopefully it can just sprout everywhere on campus just like we were talking about in the beginning that school culture where everybody's in and everybody's involved. That sort of prompted an idea Um, while you were speaking, Stephanie, because I think one of the things in order to achieve 50 million strong, whether we're in the health education classroom or in the gymnasium, that, um, and you said it about a student being able to um, take care of their own nutritional habits and be able to be their own fitness coach when they graduate. So that means they have to have knowledge. They have to have knowledge and the psychomotor skills to be able to do that and to be able to make choices to be physically active in areas that are interesting to them. So I think one of the things that we need to do from preschool all the way up through grade 12 is to make sure that conceptually we're really focused in the lesson that day so that when the kindergartners leave, leaves, they will, we were really working on the critical cues of skipping. And skipping is going to help me to be, you know, engage in vigorous activity where I have to breathe hard and that's going to help my heart. So there needs to be a conceptual focus 
in every single lesson. So sort of a standard two sort of approach. They have to cognitively be engaged as well, as well as physically engaged. They have to know why they're doing it. It has to be relative to them, age appropriate, all that good stuff. But, you know, in at the end of the day, if they don't have that understanding as well as the physical ability to the skill development, we haven't really served those children and adolescents as well as we could. And so we have to take time to do that as teachers. We have to take time to make sure they know what they're doing, but why they're doing it and how to carry it out beyond the classroom. Absolutely. And kind of segues to my next or to our next question, which is what are the resources that are available to prepare us for 50 million strong? So, so I'll take this one, and I'm so glad that I'm going to have an opportunity to say this. I can't focus enough on thanking the staff at Shape America. We almost never talk about them in public, and I have to tell you, I have to mention by name people like Paula Kahn, who's handling public relations and marketing, Carly Wright, who's doing advocacy. Sunil Patel, who's with you on social media every single day. Uh, there are so many people beside, behind the scenes that really make this motor go, and they are doing such a fantastic job on our behalf as professionals every single day, from the wonderful woman, Catherine, who answers the phone, to uh, just our interim CEO, Judy Young, who's done a fantastic job. Uh, the resources that are on the shapeamerica.org website, I guarantee you, you will have to sit and find the time, a chunk of time, to look through what we have prepared for you, and prepare is the word, uh, to help you through the school year uh, with resources in physical education, physical activity, health education, uh, all the things that you need to know uh, as a professional. And, and I need you to, to visit that website often like an old friend and a new friend uh, because we update it regularly and there's just a new back to school piece that is just phenomenal and it would take me an hour to go through it with you but please please visit us at shapeamerica.org and thank you to that hardworking staff. Yes, really within the last two or three years, they've really upped the game on our website and the graphic designers um, of whom I can't name their names. Maybe Judy's a little bit better at that. I'm, I think it's Karen, but they're they're truly amazing in, in their skill set. And when they present to the board and tell us about their projects, um, I think we all get really excited. And so I think our website has come a long way and it's much more accessible to our teachers so that they can get the resources. And um, we were talking just about the acronym PREPARE, physical activity, physical education, health education. And now we're giving teachers strategies month by month. Like this is what you need to focus on this month. Next month, you can focus on this. Next month, you can focus on that. And staff is is really gathering those resources and putting those out there, even though um, our, our, our expert, our members have written the material, the staff is putting it into a really user-friendly format. So I think that's really exciting that we have a month-by-month plan to achieve 15 million strong that all teachers can um, buy into and you know really um, profit from by, by going to the Shape America website. And if nothing else, also, well, I shouldn't say nothing else, but exchange is really powerful as well. It's a, the, the forum where we can chat, we can ask questions, we can get ideas from other individuals within a heartbeat. And so it's basically about being plugged in. I think Shape America has so many tools that it takes time to research them, but 
right now, I think that we're in a really good place and a real user-friendly place with lesson plan books, the teacher's toolboxes, etc. I think Shape America, we've got it together. It's working. Yeah. Just to add to that, I've been very impressed by... Uh... The, just the the you know the web design and the work uh, that Shape America staff has put into um, all of all of shapeamerica.org, but specifically thinking about uh, the 50 million strong portion of the website, it's fantastic. And uh, um, please do check it out and check out all the resources that are continuing to grow. Um, and you know that reminds me of. Uh, kind of a, a cool and unique story that I was hoping Judy could share. You know, uh, Judy, I know that you you went out to uh, Hawaii to keynote, and then uh, you discovered someone when you're out there, which led to uh, a pretty cool video on the Shape America website. Could you share that real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. So so I went out to Hawaii, which was just an incredible experience as it was. But their conference was so well put together, and a shout out to Shelly Fay. Um, we were at a luncheon. And they had these awards, you know, state efforts have these fabulous awards. And the luncheon was about celebrating these students uh, on behalf of Hawaii Aford who have come together to discuss what health uh, and physical education has meant to them. And I met this young man, Cody, who won this award and saw his video and he expressed in his own words what his fitness goals meant to him. And he had won this war award for that reason and Hawaii Aford has been doing this and will continue to do this. And when I saw his story and his video, I called Shape America and said, I want all of our members to hear about Cody and what our work has meant to him and also celebrate his health and physical education teacher as someone who has really instilled upon him uh, the desire and reflection to be able to want to share a story like that. So catch out Cody's story on the Shape America website. Thanks for sharing. Um, I just thought that was definitely a noteworthy thing to share on the podcast. And uh, a, the video is just outstanding and it's inspiring and it, it it makes you proud to be a teacher, and you're like, that's exactly what we want every single, every single one of the students that we teach uh, to, to end up being like and to choose to do. So it was fantastic. And it's a good challenge, too, for us to get more of those student interviews, and um, it's just so heartwarming. It, it, was, it is very powerful, and I think we, we need to get more of different aged children to express those very same ideas. On the flip side of that, too, uh, our staff is kind of working on kind of showcasing how they stay fit and how they stay healthy, too, and almost sharing that with students. So uh, kind of, you know, kind of just a little bit of that flip side, but bringing in the whole school and just hearing and understanding that, you know, you know, staff is continuing to do what they need to do to stay, keep their body and mind healthy. So um, and then I guess just to jump back a little bit on the prepare 50 million strong, uh, I, I mean, I really think it is a solid solid addition to the shape america website and I, I love the fact that it has those different levels you know for depending on what level of teacher you are whether it's your third year whether it's your 30th year anywhere in between um you know there, there's something that i think will challenge you to continue to um well add those levels or to add that next step and layer of your teaching and and things like that and uh, i love the fact that it does continue to get updated so um some amazing things going on and we just appreciate all the hard work um you know, that is being put into that for sure. 
and we appreciate the president and the president-elect to ship America to be here today <laughs> and to have their voices heard. And, you know, I just second what Stephanie says, just kind of sit back and listen to a great conversation. So thank you to both of you. But uh, let's advocate. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's such a big thing. You know, we ask our students to advocate. Um, you know, we want to advocate for our programs, for everything happening in our schools. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about just advocating as a professional. And let's talk about Online Advocacy Day, which is coming up pretty soon, too. So a couple little shout outs there. Yeah, I'll have to do all my studying so I know how to do a thunderclap. I think I did it already, but I'm not really sure. So I might need some help from the three of you to make sure that I do all the things I'm supposed to do on September 14th. Um, I'm not quite as young and spry as the other individuals on this podcast, but I'm really trying hard. So, um, you know, I, I think it's critical. Pennsylvania State Effort has their own advocacy day, but I think what's really critical is our ongoing advocacy every day of the year. And on September 14th is our Shape America online advocacy day. So be looking out for the little bits that you've been already asked to, um, you know, tie into. And Paula Kun and her staff have been doing a really great job in promoting this additional way to reach out to our politicians, reach out to um, the rest of the world. Yeah, you know, in terms of our government relations, I, you know, I'm a district, a school district that won a PEP grant, right? So I might be the envy of other districts that didn't win one, but PEP is over now and there's no funding for that anymore. And what's very, very important right now is for us to, now that we are part of ESSA, to be funded properly so that our teachers can get appropriate professional development, so that our schools that are most in need can make sure that they get viable equipment and resources to be able to deliver this effective health and physical education program that we talk so uh, passionately about. So Online Advocacy Day and the efforts of Shape America are really uh, coming behind this idea that we need Title IV, and we are partnering with dozens and dozens of folks across this nation uh, groups that are with us and making sure that health and physical education continues to be included and that the funding level comes up in such a way that the money can make a difference in more schools. So please, please pay attention to our advocacy efforts uh, and all the tweet tweets and the emails coming out of Shape America, particularly through uh, Carly Wright and her team. Yeah, things like a thunderclap are, you know, um, when we can spread the word you know, vastly, you know, through social media are so important and pretty easy to be part of. Yeah, the, all the works of Carly Wright and, and the Shape America staff have made it possible for, for us to skip a few steps as, as uh, you know, health and physical education professionals where we can simply maybe fill out an email form or uh, sign in through Thunderclap or things such as that where it's pretty simple to advocate, but it can't just stop there. You know, I would encourage us as a profession to continue past that. But um, I think that's a great place for us all to start. Um, you know, if you're a Shape America member, you're going to see emails come in about that. If you're online, if you're on Facebook, you're going to see that on Facebook and the same Twitter and Snapchat and everything else. It's out there. So uh, just take a look uh, at the at Shape America and it can give you some, some guidance on how to advocate in that way. And I, I think we really want to emphasize the Title IV because for the first time in the history of our nation, health and physical education are now part of a well-rounded education. Um, 
Common Core is gone, and the new language is the well-rounded education, and health and physical education are among 17 other subject areas that are vying for the same funds, Title IV funds. So it's critical that we continue this advocacy effort um, so that we can provide teachers with the resources and meet their needs so that they can then meet the needs of the children. All right, let's call it our uh, final thoughts here. Your big thunderclap, you know, the... Sum it all up here. Take us home. Um, you know, what, what kind of an impression do we need to leave on everyone right now? So I'll go first because I want the president to have the last word. <laughs> so we are in September and we are journeying through the 2017-2018 school year in K-12 settings and pre-K settings and colleges and universities across this country. And now is a time of excitement in our schools for our kids. Keep that excitement and passion going, not just in September, but in June. I want excitement in June. I want excitement in your first year of teaching, your 10th year of teaching, your 25th year of teaching. I want you to lead with loving and caring for our nation's children. That's my go-to. Take us home, Madam President. Oh, I thought the other three were going to go too. Oh, I say get outside of your box, man. You, you got to get out there. You got to learn what you don't know. You have to have that moral courage that Judy's been keynoting so strongly about. And you really have to find out more about what you don't know about and get excited about it and do it day after day and just continue to expand your teaching. You need to be excited about your teaching so that you can excite others about health literacy and physical literacy. All right. So I just have to say that uh, I greatly appreciate, and we greatly appreciate uh, both Judy and Fran taking the time to talk to us. Uh, having the, the president and the president-elect on the podcast is, is awesome. And to hear your perspectives on 50 Million Strong. And uh, I know that people out there that listen to this podcast greatly appreciate that as well. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome podcast. And um, I, you know, it was a shout out to Stephanie of her first podcast, um, you know, or I guess technically her second podcast, but we appreciate having her as part of our team as well. So Matt and Stephanie, do you have any final thoughts as well? Colin, Judy Lobianco wants to talk. It's, it's, uh, it's weird. She usually doesn't want to talk, but Judy, what's up? Sure. I'm so, so shy, but I have to tell <laughs> Cape America members. And on behalf of all of our members, I want to thank Colin and Matt and now Stephanie for the time that they are putting in to bring all of you these amazing podcasts. And I, I got to tell you, if you were at convention, you had to see them at the booth just taking their time to be able to interview folks. And, and that was their convention. They, that was their convention to be there and learn and all that stuff. And and here they were, they were interviewing folks in the in exhibit hall, and, and that takes time, and putting this together takes time. On behalf of Fran and I and the executive committees and the, and the executive board, board of directors, on behalf of every member, Colin and Matt and now Stephanie, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah, here, here. We always say we get more out of it. So, I mean, we really do. So we get, we get the chance to sit in here and hang out with you guys and, you know, do all these extra special things. So we do, we do absolutely love it, but we appreciate the, the shout out. And it's great to have Stephanie on board too. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Um, I had a great time with Matt and Colin so far, and we've got loads of awesome things to come and we're really excited about them. So 
Um, I want to thank you guys for coming on. This was an amazing conversation, and thank you so much for what you do for all of us out here um, in California and the rest of the states. Speaking of uh, California, I'm repping them. So uh, <laughs> just thank you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are awesome, and we appreciate everything you're all doing. Well, thank you. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the Shape America podcast. This is us. This is us signing off. Thanks very much. 50 million strong by 2029. Yay! Woo!